What is up, you guys? Thank you so much for clicking on this. You're listening to Unscripted Christian. Um, I'm Cassie Evans. I am 18 years old. I'm a senior in high school this year. What this is all about is figuring out what works best for you and what you believe and why you believe it. Um, so I hope this is something that we can use together to uh, really just find our way and find our path. It's hard. You hear a lot in the world. You hear a lot in media. You hear a lot in church. If you don't have the um, ability to go to church, you can hear stuff from friends and family and there's so many different degrees and severity and I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way or a right way. Um, in certain aspects, I definitely do though. So I posted a question thing on my Instagram story and asked people to just drop any questions or anything that they had um, biblically that I could probably answer. So that's what this first podcast is. I have seven questions and we'll see from, we'll go from there, honestly. But first, I would like to start out that if you are new to religion or, um, you're not Christian at all, let me explain to you because this podcast is easily for everyone. So even if you're not Christian and you just want to learn more about uh, what this random teenage girl thinks about it, here we go. Uh, so pretty much this is universal. So this is not just a me thing. This is just a, how Christianity works, a giant pizza. Uh, Christianity really just means that you believe in Jesus and that he died for you and your sins. Um, so Christianity is this pizza. The toppings are different denominations. Uh, a denomination could include Catholics, Lutherans, Mormons, uh, Methodists, Baptists, Nazarene. Uh, those are all different branches of Christianity. So try to think of those as the toppings like pepperoni, sausage, uh, mushroom, green pepper. You know, those are, those are your denominations. But we're all Christian, but we all believe in something a little different. We all do it a little different. Um, and that's okay. There's not really a wrong or right way. You just kind of have to find the one that you... Um, agree with most and for me I couldn't find myself aligning with any of them and so I became non-denominational I found a great church I really love it I have great leaders I'm very very thankful for them um, and I think that's my favorite part and so that's something I really want this to be able to be for you guys so on to the questions the first one I got was how to read your bible and where do you start oh sis this right here is probably the most common question I've ever heard anyone read, anyone beginning their faith, and let me tell you, it is so hard. It is so hard because you look at this giant big book and you're like, okay, I, I, I think I believe in this. I want to start, but where the heck? I encourage you to have your Bible with you right now. If you don't, that's okay. I'm going to read this off the best I can. Um, so first, just go to your table of contents in the very, very front of your book. I think to be able to read your Bible, you kind of got to know what you're reading. And to make it easier, I went through my own personal Bibles and I labeled them. So the first five books, which would be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, those are considered the like the law books or the books of law. So this is in the Old Testament. Um, this is before Jesus has come. The law, that's pretty much Mosaic law. Um, a lot of it has to do with sacrificing, um, a lot of things that they had to do to get to heaven back then before Jesus, um, was around. So before Jesus came, uh, they had to follow these laws and they're crazy strict. Often you're going to find people that when they quote the Bible and they're like, well, there's parts in there that say, uh, women can't wear braids and women can't wear pearl earrings and they have to wear dresses all the time. Well, I'm going to argue with you on that. Yes, it says that, but that is also Mosaic law. We no longer have to follow that because we've... Uh, Jesus died for us and that is our way to heaven now is following him not these written laws and the whole point um, to that was really that there are all these laws and we'll, we'll never be perfect people we'll never be able to follow these 
well enough that we need a savior. We need Jesus. Um, and that's pretty much the whole point is it's impossible to follow these laws and do it by ourselves to get to heaven. So we, we needed Jesus to come down and save us. And that's why we believe in him is that it's impossible without him. Um, next we're going to go Joshua through Esther. Um, (laughs) I love the book of Esther. It is all about a woman being pretty much saving the day. I love it. 10 out of 10, if you're a hardcore feminist like I am, recommend that you read that book. But uh, those are all historical books. So Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Those are all historical books. Um, do know that the name of each book is not necessarily who wrote them. Job through Song of Solomon, those are all wisdom books. Isaiah through Daniel, those are considered major prophets. Uh, Hosea through Malachi are minor prophets. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are your Gospels. Um, Personally, I think when you want to start reading your Bible, I think that those are usually the easiest way to start. Um, I think John's a really great book personally to start in. It really helps you kind of figure out um, what does life look like if you're trying to live a Christian life? How do you follow Jesus? How How do you go through that? What does that look like in life? So the book of John, I think, is perfect. But personally, before you even jump to that, I would go to Genesis. Um, And let me tell you, you do not need to read these books in order, okay? That does not, no, don't do that. Don't be like, okay, I read Genesis, now i got to go to Exodus and Leviticus. and Like, that is not, in my opinion, not the best way to do it. I think it's just a really good way to get yourself confused because the book does cross-reference itself. um, And so sometimes you really want to find guides and studies, and I'm here to help you guys with that. Um, But personally, I would read the very beginning of Genesis uh, when it talks about how God created the earth, how long it took him, what did he create in what order, the story of Adam and Eve. So you kind of have an idea like how we got here, and you're not just like, okay, here we go, there's this guy named John, and uh, uh, that's really all I know, and here's this guy Jesus, and he's saving the world. Like, go to Genesis, figure out how we got here. Um, what's I like? And it's okay once you start to get through that part in Genesis and it starts to talk about the families and the lineages and all stuff like that. It just stop. Just stop. It's okay not to read the whole book through because it is a lot and it'll be really confusing. So I would start with Genesis, part of Genesis, the very beginning. You'll know when you're like, when it starts to like not make sense anymore, that's when you stop reading. Then I would suggest you go to John in the New Testament which the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, start the New Testament. Pretty much the New Testament means it's Jesus time, okay? Our homie, JC, has made it to Earth. We now have him, and the stories are getting fire. They're getting good. Acts is the history of the early church. They're right after the Gospels. Uh, Romans through Philemon are all Paul's letters, Paul is a very big guy in the Bible. He wrote actually most of the books. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Paul, honestly. I have my own opinion on that man. But he did write most of the books. So, for what that's worth. Then we got general letters. That is going to be your Hebrews through Jude. Uh, They're just general... Yeah, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I don't actually know enough about it, to be honest. I'll just call myself out. Um, And then Revelation. Oh, what a book. What a book. Um, that is what people consider the apocalypse or the end of the world. And honestly, I, when God wrote that or when God inspired man to write that, we know enough. But 
we know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to know completely what the end of the world looks like. Uh, so it's a very confusing book. Don't start in Revelations. Whatever you do, don't start in Revelations. So, um, another great way to read your Bible when you're beginning is to use the soap technique. It is a, um, it's super helpful. I just, I like it. So, it's an acronym, so SOAP, so start with S. That'd be your scripture. Like, what are you reading? Um, pick, pick your passage. Uh, and you can read by chapter, you know? And a chapter is not Genesis. Genesis is not a whole chapter. So you're going to look, turn your book, and when you look in there, you're going to see a big number. So like the one I'm looking right now, I'm in Exodus. I'm looking at the big number, 29. So you're going to go through 29 to where you hit the next big number 30. That is what is considered a chapter. And then the little numbers within the text. So like Exodus 29 verse 2. When you look at the 2, that is the verse. So when you people are referring back to Bible verses and you're not even sure how to find them, just know Exodus is the name of the book you're in. Even though the Bible is one whole book, Exodus is a book within the Bible. Then you're going to go to chapter 29, which is the big number at the beginning of a passage, and then you're going to go to verse whatever number it is. So that's going to be the little one. So so you're going to have, say, Exodus 29, verse 3. The two little dots that people put in between those numbers, that's what you the word you use to say verse. So you'll look to 29. The big number after they name the book is the chapter you're in. The dots mean verse, and the numbers after the verse or the, yeah, the numbers after the two dots are going to be the verse you're in. So hopefully that makes sense. So for soap, look at your scripture. What are you using? Um, I have an example of this one. Um, it's in John 4, 1 through 26. I'm going to flip to it actually real quick. Just kidding. Not actually This is Jesus podcast, Cassie. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Okay, so for this example, uh, I'm looking at John 4, 1 through 26. Let me flip to it. Also, if you have a book that has red lining in it, or some words are red and some are not, the red is Jesus' words. That's Jesus' talking. That is him quoting. It's helpful. If your book doesn't have that, it's okay. Mine doesn't either. I use um, an ESV version. Um, If you are reading new to reading your bible i would really suggest starting with a english standard version or the niv Um, both are good i would say the esv is kind of even the dumber down version so for people like me when you need stuff simplified if you're looking if you're using a king james version that's kjv very very old language so if you are someone that likes that that is your book that is your version um, but if you're someone that gets confused by that and all that stuff, you just skip right ahead, sis. So we are looking at John 4, 1 through 26. Um, so you, that's your scripture. So pick something. It doesn't matter what. Now you're going to use your observation, which is the O in soap. Um, what are you learning? Um, then you're going to go to application. So what, what can you learn out of that? What can you take out of what you just read and actually use it in real life? And then prayer. Um, pray over what you read, you know, what did you get out of it? What is, 
what do you feel like God is tugging at your heart that he wanted you to take out of that and actually be able to apply and ask for that, ask for help and guidance and trying to find that. So that is my, um, one of my many tips. It's hard to condense this, my goodness. Um, advice for someone just starting to get into their faith. This is such a good question and it is so, so hard. Um, I think the most important thing is never stop asking questions. Uh, never stop seeking and searching and you, you're going to hear so much from so many different people. Um, and I guess I really encourage never use one source, never let one person be the end all be all. Okay. Never listen to one person and what they say goes and only what they say goes because I'll be honest, I've, I've done that uh, for a period of time when I was younger and I realized that I, it's not actually, I don't actually believe that at all. Um, that, that wasn't, it really, my belief in Catholicism and what I found there really contradicted what I actually believed in Jesus and what I actually believed in the Bible. Um, and then I realized, wow, I really, I can't do that. You got to always stay questioning. Um, don't argue (laughs) with those people because that will never end well. Um, but do be gentle in asking if they tell you something, be like, why, you know, like, can I just like, it's be like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be judged. I'm just trying to learn. Um, I want to understand like why you think that, where, where is that in the Bible? Like where, and if they don't know, that's okay. Most people aren't going to be like, well, that's Luke chapter two, verse five, um, in King James version. No. Okay. (laughs) Don't be grilling people. But if they're like, oh, I believe in this, be like, well, can you tell me about it? Um, never stop asking questions. I had a faith leader who was amazing um, for a time that every Saturday we went to Starbucks and we sat in there and I grilled her with questions for two hours um, about different religions and why they believed what they believed and why don't we believe that and how, how does the Bible contradict that? And she would not just answer, but she would go through the book with me and be like, this is what it says, what do you think? And sometimes she'd give me an answer and we didn't agree. And that is good, okay? I'm not saying that you got to believe everything anyone ever tells you. Um, I also think if you're just starting your faith, um, these books I really love. Um, devotional books can be super, super great. It kind of summarizes some scripture. It'll use scripture. It'll give you a good way to apply it with a, a story along with it. They're short. They're like a page. Usually you can buy them literally anywhere. If you, for the person that asked this, I love you to death. And if you need one, please let me know because I have so many. Um, yeah. Another great thing that I use are these, uh, journals. Um, I got mine both at Barnes and Nobles. One of my great friends, um, Mahoney got me one for Christmas. The one she got me is Grateful Praise. It's by Lisa Zek. It is a gratitude journal for women of faith. Um, it just asks, questions and it kind of just helps you think about your faith and write it down like it just makes you stop and sit and be like here's what I'm asking and what do you think about it and if you read a question you're like I literally don't know jack bananas about that go ask someone you know so I'm gonna read I'm gonna flip to a random page it says is there a bible verse that has brought you comfort and peace in a hard time Write it out on your own words rather than just copying it from scripture Ooh, I like that one um so instead of just copying the book, like, what what does that verse mean to you? And if you don't have a verse, go on Pinterest or Google and search up 
good Bible verses, okay? And find one. And you'll start looking and you'll be like, wow, that's good, that's good, that's good. You'll have questions about them. And that, bam, you just start a whole conversation right there off one page in this, I don't even know, a 200-page book that someone got me. Okay, these are so helpful and it's kind of nice to go back and reflect on them and be like, wow, this is what I thought then and this is what I know now. Um, I think they're great. Another one I use is from Barnes & Nobles. It's called Inspired by the Word. It's a creative journal for women. Um, it gives you a Bible verse with it. So let me find a... This one's Dream. This one also is a coloring book partly. It's super great. The front is matte. It's teal. It's pretty. Um, so the top of the page says Dream and it gives you a Bible verse to go along with it. And now, Lord, what I... What I for- Oh, shoot. Sorry. Okay. So it says dream on the top of the page. Um, and the Bible verse underneath of it is from Psalm 39 verse 7. And says, and now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Um, and then the question on the next page that goes with it um, says, what God-given dream have you put on a shelf? Or what dream is God working to bring to fruition? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay to bring fruit for oh my goodness what god (sighs) fruition to you um wow (laughs) like you gotta sit and think on that um there's easier ones obviously so like this one's purpose um the verse is romans 8 verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love Mm, okay um, we know that all things work together for good to them, that loving God to them who are called and according to his purpose, Romans 8 verse 28. And the question is, how has God turned something you considered bad into something used for your good? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so I highly, highly recommend getting these grateful praise journals. Um, I understand that not everyone has the access to be able to go to church. Um, and I think that's super, super inspiring people that um, don't necessarily have a way to go to church, and yet you're still searching. I hope you never give up in that. It's a beautiful thing. There's something stirring in you. The Holy Spirit's working through you. Um, don't give up on that. Keep searching. Keep asking questions. Um, I know it's hard to find questions, so even if you just find, um, a book or questions online, um, journaling questions I think are super great, and find a friend, find a buddy, someone that is religious as well, um, and be like, I've had this question in this journal, like, what do you think about it? And I guarantee you someone is going to start a whole conversation with you. And I think it's in those times that, um, with one-on-one people that we know well that are friends that we do everyday life with, do we find a lot of things out and we just learn a ton because everyone you come in contact with that's religious is going to teach you something totally new, give you a whole new perspective than the person before. Um, okay, so our next question is, how do we encourage someone not interested in the church to come to church? Whew, this is a hard, hard question. Um, I guess it's not a hard question. It's a hard thing to do. Um, first off, this is a big thing, I think, for everyone. Um, it's super important to, you know, it, the Bible talks about, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, um, and then the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, um, but it's not, it's not that easy, man, like, I love the way the Bible said, they're like, go, okay, you know about, like, go out there, go, 
go bring back people and tell them about me. And like everyone is not that way. Some people are very aggressive um, when you start to talk religion about them or uh, talk about religion to them. They're very standoffish. They're um, very hurt from past experiences. Um, I think sometimes the best way, first off, is you pray for that person. I mean, you really pray for them. Um, You pray that the Holy Spirit just work in them because no matter what, you cannot ever make someone believe something. Okay, that's the most important thing. Um, Remember that you want to encourage people and you don't want to badger them about it because here's the best part about God is that if you're a believer, you know you need him. You know that your life without uh, Jesus, without God, is just not as good. It's hard. It's stressful. Um, but the best part about him is that he gives us free will. So if we choose to not believe in him, we choose to reject him. One, he's going to love us anyway, but two, God loves us enough to let us make our own choices and say, I know I'm best for you, but you don't have to choose me, even though I'm always going to choose you. And, oh, that is just so powerful. I, that never ceases to amaze me. So just remember that. Um, but even if someone does reject the idea of church or religion, um, never stop praying for them through the Holy Spirit um, and that the Holy Spirit works through them. Um, another thing I would suggest is uh, if you really want someone to, if your end goal is really to make them a believer and um, make them understand or want them to understand the Bible and follow Jesus with their entire heart, don't bring them to church the first time, okay? That's literally so hard. Like, there's a whole on adults that have grown up in the church their whole life that go to church and don't know what the heck that they're talking about up there. So, like, an example, like, if I had a friend that lived in Japan and they were like, you should live in Japan, Cassie, I'd be like, yeah, 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 that sounds kind of interesting. That That's, okay, I'll live in Japan, maybe, maybe. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you come to my Japanese-speaking class with me? And I'd be like, okay, I don't know. I don't know anything about that, but I'll go. And they go, and everyone is speaking in Japanese. I'm going to literally sit there, and everything's be over my head. And they'll be like, what did you think? And I'll be like, I mean, it was cool. <laughs> it was interesting. It was an experience. Didn't pick up Jack Bananas from it, but it was something. So... Don't do that to someone that doesn't know anything about religion because they're going to get in there and they are going to feel so confused. So next time that you know that someone doesn't know anything about Jesus, don't be like, come to church because they're going to feel like an idiot sitting in a class that is speaking all Japanese. They're going to have no idea. No idea. They might have some ideas, but not a lot. So invest in that person, okay? A super important thing I learned in church one time was that um, when we really are wanting someone to become a believer, we cannot pick like five people and be like, I want you to come believe in Jesus. I want you to come believe in Jesus. Because then you're going to be having this giant cup of yours and you're going to be pouring it into five different cups. Well, you know what? At that point, you barely have enough for like a cat to drink, okay? We want to try and drink a whole, like, Give enough water an elephant could drink, you know? I don't know if these analogies make any sense, but they make sense in my head. So maybe you creative thinkers will get it. But um, you want to invest. You want to overflow this person's cup. And you want to be there for them, okay, in all things. Um, you want to help them out. Um, 
and things. So you don't want to have like 10 different people you're trying to pour into because then you're going to do just a crummy job at being there for any of them. So pick one person and focus on them and really help them. And if they try it and they say no, you back off. That's the most important thing um, is they do have that choice of free will. Okay, you introduce someone to Jesus and you help them. I personally would say never stop inviting them or say asking them if they have questions, but don't badger them about it, you know, because that is their personal choice and everyone has that. Um, so you can't force your religion on anyone. Just remind people um, of that. Remind them of that, you know, that you're not wanting to force them on this, but you you know what it's done for you and you would really love for them to come with you. Um, I always think youth group's a great start. Um, if you're older than that, just ask them questions. Start with those books I was talking about earlier. What do they think about this? What do they think about that? Ask them what they know and help them fill in the gaps from there. Um, coffee dates are always the best, in my opinion, are sometimes the best way to just really spread Jesus and for people to learn. And that's really all it is. So those are my favorite tips for that. Number six, Talk about prayer because it's something I want to get better at, but I'm also really bad at. First off, you're not bad at prayer. No one is bad at prayer. Um, I know that there are some people that when they pray, it is, like, beautiful. Like, they make it sound like this whole orchestrated book. Like, God was, like, pouring into them and was like, say this. And then they say it and you're like, wow, that was beautiful. I'm crying. How did you get me so emotional so fast? Like, wow, you're gifted. Okay, you know what? First off, prayer takes practice. Um, but it's also, remember, it's a conversation with God. Um, at MOVE this last year, which is a church camp that we went to, um, we were in the book of First and Second Kings, and it was talking about the story of Elijah, and he said literally a four-word prayer, and God answered it. And at that time, I was like, wow. Like, when I always thought of prayer, I thought they had to be these long, pretty, you know, put-together sentences you know, like, have a whole rhyme pattern kind of debacle that was really unique and creative but beautiful to listen to, and God doesn't care about that, actually. I mean, yeah, he likes the effort for sure, but he also just likes you as you are, and it's a conversation. It doesn't have to, your prayers don't have to be long. You literally can pray and say, God gave me strength. Please be with me, and that's it, and it means just as much to God as it would a 45-page prayer of a paper. 45-page paper of a prayer. Okay, yeah. Um, also, if you're having a hard time praying, um, writing them down was something that always helped me. I had a prayer journal. I put at the top what I was praying for, or who I was praying for, what I was praying about, and it just made me sit and actually get my thoughts out. What am I trying to say to God? What am I trying to get across to Him? Um, because sometimes I'd lay in my bed and I was like, uh, okay, God, I pray for this. Oh, remember that cat video? Oh, God, I love cats. Blah, blah. And you're just like, you're off in Alaska somehow on a boat waving a flag. Like, you don't even know how you got there because you were talking to God and you're like, wait, 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 sorry, 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 I gotta go back. God gets it. He's He knows you. He knows you're gonna do that. So take time, sit down, write your prayers out. Um, Another thing to use, um, I told a friend a really long time ago, is the acronym JOY, okay? Man, I am killing it today with these acronyms. Joy. Okay, so J. I'm writing this out right now because I am visual. Joy. So first, with the J, pray to Jesus. Okay, thank God for Jesus. 
um, for forgiving your sins for the grace he's given you. You know, count your blessings. Be thankful. Um, do that. Okay, then O, we're going to pray for others. Who are people that you're praying for? Who do you want the Holy Spirit to work through? Um, for the world, for government leaders, for those that serve our country. Um, you know, uh, yeah, just others, okay? Pray for others. Pray for your cat. Pray for your dog. I don't know. Something. Um, and then lastly, you were going to pray about yourself. Um, what do you need from God? What are you struggling with? Um, and sometimes your prayers for other things are going to be shorter. Sometimes you're going to have like one prayer request for others and you're going to have other times you're going to have 45 prayer requests for others. Um, but joy, the acronym joy. So use that. So helpful. Um, it just helps you kind of get in conversation with God. Also know that uh, the Bible talks about how we're supposed to be in constant prayer with our savior. Um, that's hard. Okay. So please don't think that prayer has to be something that is so formal and you got to get on your hands and knees and close your eyes and bow your head. I pray when I drive. Okay. So when I drive, it is either usually a Jesus jam out time, or it is me screaming at the top of my lungs to God because I'm so mad or I'm so frustrated or whatever, or I just talk to God about random stuff. Like, literally, I almost get in a car crash probably 95% of the time I drive because I am a horrible driver. But God just wants to hear from you. So, you honestly don't even need to be asking for something. Um, You really can just be talking to homie G and be praying. Um, You can pray in the grocery store. You know, you don't need to make a big spectacle about it. Um, You can pray anytime. And you don't even got to start with, like, Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I thank you so much. No, you can be like, hey, God, what's up? Um, it kind of can be however you want. So you are not bad at prayer. No one is bad at prayer. Um, but it does get easier to pray out loud and for other people uh, the more you do it. So just pray more. Talk to God more and you're going to be a lot more comfortable um, in your conversations with him. Okay, lastly, talk about how to find God when you don't know where to start. Well, I feel like I've semi-answered that. Um, ask questions. Talk to a friend. Um, don't start in the book of Revelation. I feel like that's also a really good start. Um, yeah, those are those are my best. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope this is helpful. Um, if this literally sucked, please do tell me because I need to know. Um, if you have suggestions, questions, uh, other things that you want to know about, uh, let me know. Other than that, thank you so much for listening to Unscripted Christian, and I will see you guys next time.